please stand while we read the scripture. Psalms 145, 1 through 7. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will, I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Thank you. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning. We are here to do just what that scripture says, and that is to celebrate today. To celebrate a great God. An incredible God who is so good to us. And, and I think for myself, there are times when I take that for granted. Sometimes here at Gateway, we have special prayer ministry times where we have people spread out, and then if you have prayer requests, you can go pray with those men or women that are around our auditorium. And during those times, everyone is given the opportunity to get prayed for if they want to. But this month at Gateway, in January, we're going to give you time every Sunday, all four Sundays in January, to think about how good God is. We're going to give you time to actually get up out of your seat, walk to one of these canvases, and I appreciate the people who helped us get ready for this today. They know who they are, and, and I just thank them for all the work they did. And you can get up and walk to one of these canvases and begin to write the things you're thankful for. We'll be doing this each Sunday during worship, during a couple of songs. You can be thinking about your blessings. You can be thinking about the gifts that you've experienced over this last week. They can be great, huge things, or they can be small, tiny, little things. They can be things that will mean something to all of us, or things that only mean something to you. This is going to be an experience that we're going to do together. And who is invited to participate? Well, everyone. Everyone is invited. Children, we tried to put some pens down low enough so you could pull it off and you could write there, and we, we're glad for children to write what they're thankful for. Teenagers, adults, young, old, members, you're welcome to write on this. Those of you who are visiting, some of you who live here in Rodosa, but you're not a member, you're welcome to write on these. Some of you who are visiting from Texas or other places, you're welcome. You're, I, I'm sure you guys have something to be thankful for in Texas. I, I'm not sure what that might be, but surely you got something over there. Oh, I, I didn't say that. I, pr I promised at the beginning of the season I wouldn't say that, but I appreciate it, all right? Those of you who are followers of Jesus, you're welcome to write on these canvases. Those of you who are not followers of Jesus, who are just checking this out about Christianity, I'm sure you still see God's blessings. You're welcome to write the things that you're thankful for. Everyone is invited to think of what you're thankful for and write on these canvases. Because just as this scripture said, 
that Tom read, we are going to celebrate God's goodness. That's what we want to be about. We're going to remember his great deeds. We're going to proclaim his works by writing them down with our hands. We're going to think hard about the wonderful acts that he has done. And we're going to, through our writing, we're going to speak of those things. And this is going to be one way as we maybe carry your children up there, your smaller children, or go with your children, or your, your children see, or, or the, the younger generation sees the older generation. You know what we're going to be doing? We're going to pass on our faith to the next generation. Are you thankful? Well, in these next couple of songs, you're welcome to get up and go to the canvases and write the things you're thankful for. Brian? Yes, sir. Thank you. That's good to hear that. Thank you, Gary. I do want to preach the word. It is good to be back with you guys. We had a great time with some family in Texas and in Oklahoma. And it is good to be back in New Mexico and here with you at Gateway this morning. I want to thank Dennis for uh, preaching last week and just such a great job, does such a wonderful job preaching. And we're blessed here at Gateway with quite a number of good, good preachers. And that's a, that's a, that's a blessing. That's something that we could write on our canvases that we're thankful for. The Bible teaches us that every single person that's a believer has a gift. That the Holy Spirit has given you a gift, at least one. Corinthians teaches us that some people have more than one. And here at Gateway, that's one of the things we want to encourage, is we want to encourage people to use the gifts that God's given you. We've noticed here at Gateway, there's a young man who is gifted in preaching. Some people have said, I better watch out, he might take my job. And that, that'd be fine with me. I mean, not that I don't want this job, but I'm just so proud of this young man that that would be, that'd be such a blessing. And so, we want to give this young man an opportunity several times this year, as a matter of fact, right here on Sunday morning, right here at this pulpit, we want to give him an opportunity to fan that flame of that gift of preaching. And I've asked him today to introduce this, uh, this new series that we're doing that uh, is called 1,000 Gifts. And uh, his name is Brandon Reynolds. And I would like to uh, ask that as he comes up, he asked that we would sing this song as he comes up from Psalm 95. And then I would like to ask you to give your undivided attention to this young preacher, Brandon Reynolds. Let's sing. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Good morning. Good morning. As you just heard, my name is Brandon Reynolds, and I'm going to be telling a short thing on thankfulness today. I chose two verses. Psalm 95, 1 through 3, and 1 Chronicles 16, 34. I will read 1 Chronicles 16, 34 first. Turn there if you have your Bibles. 
Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His faithful love continues forever. Psalm 95, 1 through 4. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and exalt him in music and song. Do you realize why I told you to sing the song now? Um, we are told to give thanks in both these verses and in many other ones in the Bible. God knows true thanks. You can't just say thank you in a prayer and feel like you got away with it. True thanks is something you feel in your heart. You know it because you're proud that you're being thankful for that thing. Because it is a blessing in your life and in hopefully many other people's. Also, true thanks, sorry. God has done so many things for our life. 1,000 gifts. God has given more than 1,000 gifts for us. And all he asks for us to give is thanks. And that can be hard, depending on your situation. I don't know your situation. But if you're a Christian, God has given you something that no matter what your position, you're going to be thankful. You have Christ, you have his death, you have his burial, you have his resurrection. You have eternal life. That is a promise that has been made to you. And if you're not thankful for that, I don't know what you're going to be thankful for. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Great job. I told him the other day that he, he can't fathom. I mean, he's just not, he's not old enough. He, he can't understand how much that encouraged us just now. Amen? He, just, he can't get it yet. Yeah, give him another hand. Yeah, that's, thank you, God. I, I haven't got a chance. That's right. The Bible teaches us that in... In the last days, there will be terrible times. Terrible times. 2 Timothy chapter 3 talks about what those times will look like. See if any of this sounds familiar. People will only love themselves and their money. Hmm. People will be boastful and proud. People will scoff at God, laugh in his face. People will be disobedient to their parents. People will be disobedient to their parents. Just wanted to say that twice, because I know sometimes, the, you know, sometimes the, you gotta, well, it's an important one to me, especially right now, you know, so. They consider nothing sacred. They're unloving. They're unwilling to forgive. I'm not going to forgive that person. No way. They slander other people. They have no self-control. They're cruel. They hate what is good. They'll betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They'll be filled up with pride. 
and they will love pleasure rather than God. And Timothy tells Christians, stay away from people like that. Stay away from them. That's a bad list. And certainly Timothy's not saying don't be around someone who, you have to be around people who are only perfect. He's not saying that. That would be ridiculous. He's not saying don't ever be around a prideful person or don't ever be around a person who doesn't have self-control. He's saying when you see people that this is the way they are walking in their life, this describes their life, don't be around those people. That makes sense to us because we know another scripture says bad company will corrupt good character or good morals. We know we can be pulled that direction. And so this is a warning for us to watch out for people like that. And there's one thing I left off the list that's in 2 Timothy. I didn't read it. It's because it surprised me. And it might surprise you that it's in the list. And it's people who are ungrateful. God says, if you find someone who's ungrateful, stay away from that person. Don't be around a person who's ungrateful. Don't do it. You ever feel ungrateful? I bet you do. I do. We look around and we see stuff. I appreciate what what uh what's your name oh yeah doug i appreciate sorry doug i just had a brain miss there i appreciate what doug was saying you know we we do we think about this stuff that we have and we are thankful for the things we have but then we can look at what somebody else has and they have the newer one they have the one that's a little different they have the better one they have the bigger one and we can slide into this temptation of being ungrateful and in some ways, it, it doesn't seem like all that big of a deal to me. I mean, I, if, if, if I'm around someone who's ungrateful, I'm not like, ooh, evil, you know? I mean, it's sort of like, what's the big deal? You know, somebody's ungrateful a little bit until maybe we go to the Garden of Eden. We go to the Garden of Eden and we look. Well, well, let me back up before I talk about the Garden of Eden and just say this. I think sometimes, I think sometimes if we do feel ungrateful, we think, if I could just change my circumstances, if I got that right over there, if I got that, then I would be grateful. As if it's something on the outside that's causing this instead of something on the inside. But see, we go to the Garden of Eden, and you know what we find out? It has nothing to do with the outside. It has all to do with the inside. Because did Adam and Eve have a pretty good deal? I think they did. I think they had paradise. I think they had it all. I think they had everything. And part of their sin, part of the temptation, was to be ungrateful. To not be grateful for what they had, but to look at what they didn't have and reach for that. See, it, it wasn't about the outside. It was about something going on inside their hearts. They are sort of the first spoiled, rotten kids in the history of the world. You ever, you ever 
had that happen in your life? You ever been a spoiled rotten kid or had a spoiled rotten kid or seen a spoiled rotten kid? And you think they got everything. They're just spoiled rotten. They're just, you know, they're crying and throwing a fit because they didn't get the color toy they wanted. You know, they got the different. That wasn't the right model, mom. And they're, you think spoiled rotten. And then you look back at the garden and you go, Adam and Eve. What does that kind of attitude lead to? Well, in their case, we know it led to death. Sin gave birth, and when it was full grown, it led to death. And what about me? What if I'm stuck in this cycle of ungratefulness? What if I do feel, we're talking about this, and I'm going, I do feel that way. I feel like I'm not getting my piece of the pie, and I've had a bad year, and I don't like what's going on. And what about that? What if that's me? How do I get out of that? Well, let me tell you a story about a woman named Anne Voskamp. This is a book that I read last year, and it was one of the very best books that I read last year. We're going to have copies of it uh, next week, and if some of you like to read, and some of you tell me that sometimes, please tell me what you're reading. I want to get some of those books. So we'll have some copies out here in the front, and you can, uh, we'll tell you about those next week. You can pay a little bit of money and get one of those. Anne Voskamp was a Christian woman. She grew up in a Christian home on a farm. She grew up and she married a Christian man. They had six children. They lived on a farm. She had exactly what she had anticipated and looked for in her life. She wanted a a husband, a family. She wanted to live on a farm like she'd grown up on. She wanted to have all this and she had it. She had all of that, and she was a Christian. She believes in Christ. She believes all the things we talked about about the gospel today. She knows all that. She, she could come up and write some things on these canvases. And yet, Anne Voskamp was depressed, bitter, angry, in despair. There was a black cloud that just followed her everywhere she went. People, didn't, people wanted to leave the room when she walked in the door. And she thought, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? She went to counseling. She prayed. She asked God to take this away. And one day, a friend sent her an email, a friend who knew she was struggling, and said to her, Anne, I challenge you. I challenge you to think of 1,000 things that you're thankful for and write down every single one on paper. And it made her mad. What right do you have to say that to me? Who do you think you are? You don't even know anything about my life. She just jumped all over that person inside of her heart. And then as a little bit of time went by and the Holy Spirit worked on her and she thought about that a little more, a couple of days later, she picked up a pen. She stood there in her house and she wrote, Sunlight coming through the window on my wood floors. Number two, the pitter-patter of little feet running from their beds to the bathrooms first thing in the morning. Number three, eggs cracking open and frying in the pan. Number four, orange juice. Number five, she just thought, I mean, she started going. She started doing, she started writing them down with her hand, with a pen on a piece of paper. And the rest of the book is about how that experience changed Ann Voskamp's life. And that she is a different person today than she was. What counseling couldn't do, what saying enough prayers wouldn't do. 
The discipline of giving thanks did inside of her heart, inside of her life. It changed her from the inside as she became not an ungrateful person, but a grateful person. Well, that's one story, and it's where this series has kind of birthed out of. But that's just a person, and that's just a book that you can buy on a, on a, on a bookstore. I mean, some of you may say, so what? Who cares about Ann Voskamp? I don't even care about that lady. What about the Bible, John? I thought you might say that. So I thought, I thought of a Bible verse that we'd read together. How's that sound? Let's do that. Let's look at Matthew 26. Because what we want to see is, what about Jesus? Was he thankful? Did he live a life of thanks? And we're going to be looking at that throughout this series. We'll start here with Matthew 26. While they were eating, this is in verse 26, by the way. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, he gave thanks, and he offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I'll not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You know where this is. It's the Last Supper. It's Jesus with his disciples. It's him putting this institution in that we just participated in that's lasted thousands of years. And there's a Greek word that's in this text. If we look at verse 27 again, then he took the cup and he gave thanks. Is what it literally says. He gave thanks. And that Greek word is Eucharistio. 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 I've been practicing saying it. I haven't said it the same way one single time. Eucharistio. And I want you to say the word on the count of three. Because I don't want to be the only dumb person in here. All right, so help me out. You ready? One, two, three. Eucharistio. <laughs> you guys, you guys, did any of you guys take Greek class? You guys, any of you guys were in there? Maybe not. Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Eucharistio. I'd like for that word, I would love to see that word become a part of our vocabulary around Gateway this year. And I'm going to tell you why. Right now it doesn't mean anything to you, but I'm going to tell you why. Because it's the kind of life that Jesus lived. He lived a Eucharisteo life. He gave thanks. You hear an English word that we use, that some people use, in that, don't you? Eucharist. Eucharist. It's what some churches call communion, or the Lord's Supper, or the bread and the wine. The Eucharist. It's the table of thanksgiving. It's the meal of thanks. And aren't we thankful when we come to that meal? Aren't our hearts bursting with gratefulness and gratitude? It's a good word, actually, to call it the Eucharist. It's just a Greek word that means table of thanks. And, and the cool thing about the Greek language is, I don't know much about Greek, I barely passed, but I, I can still read. And so this is a cool thing about the Greek language is enveloped in this idea of Eucharistio, he gave thanks. There's, there's another Greek word inside of it. Some of you that know Greek may see it. It's the word 
charis or cheris, and it means grace. It means grace. Jesus was able to take this bread that represented his broken body, that the place where he was about to go and what he was about to do, and he was able to see that as grace from God. And, and grace is around us every single day. God pours it out on us all day long, wherever we are and whatever we're doing. He's pouring out his grace on us day in and day out. And we, like Jesus, can see, if we'll open our eyes, this week, if we'll open our eyes, we can see God pouring out his grace. And we can be thankful. And even cooler, is that a word? Is that a preacher word? Cooler, even cooler than that to me about this, is that, is that there's, there's another word that is a, a derivative inside of charis, and that is the word kara or chara. And it means joy. When we see God's grace, when we give thanksgiving, what does it lead to? It leads to joy. That's what the Bible says. For the joy set before him, Christ went to the cross. Following Jesus' example, aware of God's grace constantly around us, thankful every single moment, can lead us out of bitterness, depression, anger, ungratefulness, can lead us out by being thankful. Some of you may be sitting here today and you may be resistant to what we've done. You may be sitting there saying, I'm not ever going to go up and write on one of those boards and I don't know why we're talking about all this because I am a thankful person. And I would say the same thing. I, I would say I'm a thankful person. And, I, and, and I, I think I am. And I think you probably are too. And I've been asking a lot of people recently, what are you thankful for? And you know the answer I get more than any other answer well, everything. I'm thankful for everything. And it's a good answer. It's a biblical answer, as a matter of fact. I don't know whether people know they're saying a Bible answer or not, but look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a good thing to be thankful for everything. That's great. And yet it's possible. It's possible that being thankful for everything can really be not paying attention and not being thankful for anything. For any one thing. A little bit like this video that I want to show you today. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can get it to work. struggling show me what I have to be thankful for
Lord, I'm struggling. Show me what I have to be thankful for. Like Brandon said, just saying a prayer doesn't make us thankful. It's, it's a practice. It's like going to the gym. I hate to go to the gym. But I always feel better after I go to the gym. I hate to eat right. But I always feel better after I eat right. I hate to go to bed on time. I always feel better after I go to bed on time. It's like a practice. It's like, it's, it's like that. It's like lifting weights. It's like choosing to be thankful. Choosing to look. Choosing to see. I'm assuming that all of you probably got a gift for Christmas or some gifts for Christmas perhaps. And if you didn't this year, I'm sorry you didn't, but I bet you did sometime in your life so you can... Uh, you can go along with this little experience of when we open a Christmas gift, we tear it open, we open the box or whatever it's in, we look in, and then we look up at the person and we say, thanks, this is exactly what I wanted. Or if it's something that we really didn't want, we open the box and we go, thanks, this is exactly what I wanted. You know, so we, we, we say thank you for... The gift. Wouldn't it be strange to open up the present, look at it, and look at the person and say, you know what, I'm thankful for everything. Just wanted you to know. Yeah, but that person picked that out for you. They, they put it in your path. They, they, they made sure you got it. They gave it to you. And so this week, Will our eyes be open to see all the gifts that God has put in front of us? All the gifts this week at our house, all the gifts this week at work. The struggles that we have, the pains that we have, the, the relationship difficulties that we're in, all of the other things that seem pleasant and good, will we see them as things that God has given us as a gift? And will we say, thank you, God, for this gift? I'm giving you an invitation to participate this month. This month here in January at Gateway, we're trying to make this whole month very interactive. What we've done today is just the very beginning, just the tip of the iceberg. Because this will not be four sermons about me saying to you, here's thankfulness and you should listen and you go home. And this will be you participating in thankfulness. And you're going to get just as much out of this as you put into it. So, for starters, we have these canvases. And you're welcome to still write on them. You don't have to write on them when it's during uh, the, the worship time. You can do it after worship or before or any time that you want. But we'll be giving you that opportunity each week. And, and the, a neat thing we're going to do is these canvases will come off. And we're going to hang them around our building this year. 
And we'll have these Thanksgiving things up for 2014. So the things you write are going to encourage people all year long. You can participate in that way. You can also participate, if you look around, there's a bunch of notebooks. There's a whole bunch of them right here on the floor uh, in front of me. There's some on the front pews. There's some back there right where uh, Rebecca's standing. And there's a whole box of them back there. And you can take one of these notebooks with you. And some of them say blessings or thank you or 1,000 gifts. And you can take one of these and put it in your purse or throw it in the car or stick it in your pocket. And as you go this week, you can write number one. I've been doing this now for a couple of months in anticipation of this. And I can tell you, I don't know what's going to happen to you, but I can tell you that God has been changing my heart. Number one, a thoughtful text from Amy. Now, you shouldn't write that down, okay? That's not what you write. That's what I wrote. That was my number one thing a couple of months ago when I got a thoughtful text from my wife. Small thing. I was thankful for it. It was a gift from God. There are other big things in here. There are scriptures in here that hold me solid. There are answers to prayer in here. Many of your names are in here because you are gifts from God. There are big, important life-changing type things in this little book. I've, in two months, I've only got 145. So it's going to take me all year to do this. That'll be okay. There's other things in here like bananas. One day I just ate a banana and I thought, wow, thank you, God. Bananas are awesome. I've been a person who's grateful. But I never stopped to thank God for that gift. And it's changing me. From the inside. It's changing me to be a more grateful person. So I encourage you. I invite you, I suppose, is a better thing to say. It's just an invitation. It's not, we're not trying to twist anyone's arm. We're not trying to make anybody participate. It's only an invitation, and that's all. Pick up a book and begin to write down the things that you're thankful for. One other way you can participate this week is you can send... I actually have these up here. This would have been really smooth if I'd have done this like this. And then the last thing is we have an email. And if you would like to participate by sending some of the things you're thankful for this week, as you, your eyes are open and you think, wow, look at that. If you want to send an email to this address, it's also in the bulletin, if you take a bulletin with you. If you want to send uh, an email to this address, the ladies who work upstairs on all our computer stuff, they're going to share some of those next week during my sermon time just running behind me. It'll be your opportunity to participate. We have an invitation song, and it's a chance for the elders to pray for you. Maybe some of you may not even live here. I don't know. You may, you may be visiting. And you may be surprised we talked about this today. Some of you may think, I am an ungrateful soul, and I do not want to be that kind of person anymore. And if that's what's inside your heart today, we have elders, we have shepherds that will be here to pray for you. Some of you may just want to go get one of the books during this invitation time and pick it up and take it. You're welcome to do that. Some of you, during our invitation song, may want to go write blessings, and you're welcome to do that. Some of you may have never accepted the gift of the gospel. And if you want to do that today, you come find me. If you're ready to be baptized, we'll baptize you into Christ today. Let's stand and let's sing. You are my strength when I am weak.